There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to my Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James. Thanks for joining me today. Look, this is an interesting topic that we're talking about today, uh, whether you're moved overseas permanently or whether you are there for a short period of time and you've got money left in an Australian bank account, what to do with it? Well, a listener of the show, Erin, she's in Finland. She reached out with a question to answer on the show and I thought, well, let's get her on the podcast and have a chat. So this goes out to everyone out there who's an expat or temporarily uh, living abroad. And if you head over to My Millennial Money, uh, we've done an episode with a financial advisor who talks just about being an expat. I'll talk to you guys soon. Hope you enjoy this one. Erin, welcome to My Millennial Money. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Glenn. And Erin's in Finland. And what time is it there at the time of recording? 7.12 a.m. So, she's up early. The only other option was one of us to be in midnight and I uh, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone to have to speak to me at midnight. So, we're going to have a bit of a chat about your story, your predicament because there's a lot of people that listen who are expats and I've actually arranged an episode to do with a financial advisor who specializes with expats, but I thought we could just have a bit of a chat. Erin's uh, got a question about her own financial situation. I thought, oh, this is interesting. She's in Finland. She's a listener of the show. Let's get one of our international expat Aussie listeners onto the show and have a chat. So, Erin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, I have been living here in Finland for, I guess, about a year and a half now. So, my partner is Finnish, which is obviously why I'm here, beautiful country, but I probably wouldn't be here <laughs> if it weren't for him. But, um, but yeah, so I've been living here for a year and a half. Um, and before that, I was living in China for a little bit. So I haven't actually been a resident in Australia for for a few years now. But yeah, I was still working for an Aussie company up until about a year ago, but just remotely. So I still um, still was making some income in Australia and, um, and yeah, just, just have it sort of sitting there. So, so how did you meet Sam? Um, well, we actually met through Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's a sport that we both do. Um, and he was in Sydney at a competition. And for whatever reason, I decided that I wanted to just talk to him. So, and then that was it basically. So that was, wow. yeah, a few years ago now, but, but that's, that's essentially, essentially how it started. Oh, very good. I was going to say, yeah. is your pickup line like, hey, baby, you want to throw me down on a mat or something like that? <laughs> he actually didn't really want to talk to me because he was in between like matches and I was yeah. like, God, this guy's an asshole. And my, my friend that was that was there as well was like, yeah, he seems like a bit of an ass, but didn't turn out to be that way. How do we pronounce his Finnish name? His Finnish nickname is Hooky. So, it sounds wow. like Cookie, I guess. Mm. That's what my granddad calls him anyway, but yeah. 
it's it's a challenge for some Aussies to to wrap their head around. So Sam is good. What are you both doing for work? Um, he works in IT, so he's in cybersecurity. Um, yep. And I'm a copywriter, um, and I'm working in house at the moment. So I work for this Finnish online dog training company, which is pretty yep. cool. So it, it it brings all of my sort of like dog loving and writing hobbies together in one. So yeah, I've been working for them for almost a year now and yeah. And how do you write copy in Finnish or do you I do it in English? Yeah. <laughs> no way, no way. So the yeah. company is actually, a lot of the customers are in the US. So there are, there's a bunch in Australia as well and, and the US and Canada and all over Central Europe. So a lot of our communication is in is in English. I mean, the, the product is also in Finnish because a lot of the Finnish customers demand it but yeah, yeah that that luckily has nothing to do with me yeah so when they were looking for someone for the role they they basically said don't worry about the finish and i said yes please thank you <laughs> yes please and thank you <laughs> yeah so, and what what were you doing in china i was studying so i studied chinese at uni in sydney as well but um i sort of wasn't wasn't fully satisfied by the end of that so i decided i would study there so yeah i packed my stuff up and moved to Chengdu, which is in the southwest. Um, so then I just went to a university there for just over a year just to continue continue the language study. Yeah, yeah, very good. I guess these questions that I'm asking you, um, I'll get you to ask kind of your question. Yeah. But for those that are wondering, like, why is he asking all this stuff? When I was a financial advisor and you're talking about people and their money, you really want to just know a lot about the people and their uh, their goals and their attitudes because like I know from just listening to you and actually you can correct me if I'm wrong and if I'm wrong, I'll just edit it out. Uh, but you're probably comfortable with some level of risk in your life given that oh, I'll just go to China. Oh, we'll go to Finland. Oh, I'll just go and randomly talk to this guy. Is that a mm-hmm. fair statement? Yeah, I think so. I think I've I've never been one to like, I guess, stress too much about money. Like I've I have a fairly healthy attitude towards saving. Like I'm not too, mm. not too strict about it. But I I never really worry too much if it just goes up and down a little bit. And I'm not really worried about spending either. I guess I could be a downfall in some cases. But but yeah, yeah risk is not too much of an issue. Yeah, and that's kind of, uh, I will ask you a heap more questions um, Mm. before I kind of give my view of the world and I can't actually give you any type of financial advice. I'm just a dickhead with a podcast um, and I would probably just answer it how I would personally do it myself. So, what's your actual question? My actual question is, what do I do with the money that is sitting in my Australian bank account that I don't do anything with? Right. Now, how much is in that bank account in Australian dollars? Mm, close to 20 grand. Sweet. So, we'll just call it 20 grand for the sake yeah, of the conversation. Yeah, just call it that. Yeah. What is your personal financial situation at the moment in Finland? Yeah. So, we just purchased the apartment that we're living in. So, I guess we're now homeowners. Um, that was just a couple yep. of months ago. So, yeah. So, I guess I own half of this property and... Um, and I get a pretty healthy salary here in Finland. So that's paid in euros into my European bank account. I wouldn't say that I particularly have a, a healthy amount of savings here, but I've only been working here for a year. So, so and there's been a lot of expenses to do with like the house particularly. <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, but I would say that overall it's pretty good. So, in terms of uh, to make it relevant for people listening, what type of price was that apartment in Australian dollars? It was about 530000 Australian dollars. So, prices here are actually much much better than they are in, for example, Sydney. So, I'm living in Helsinki, the capital city, and our place is about, I guess, a 15-minute drive from the centre of the city. And what? Uh, and what's the mortgage on the property? I guess 300000 now. Yeah. 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 No, that's Something okay. Like that. So, did you have some savings that you put into the mortgage? Yeah, we put in a little bit, but actually Sam has another apartment here that we were living in beforehand. So, we used that as, I guess, a small amount of collateral as well. Yeah, great. Um, so, I didn't actually have to put in too much cash for this. Yeah, and in terms of any other type of financial goals coming up, like you've just settled in the apartment, you've had some costs coming up, what yeah. other goals have you guys talked about that you want to achieve? I mean, we have a an unexpected, I wouldn't call it a goal, but I'm having a baby in August. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so, so that's good. something we have to have to plan for that was not not particularly in the plans. So I don't think I'd call it a goal, but it, it has to happen. So yeah. so there's that. But the thing is, though, is that like maternity care here is pretty good, and maternity leave pay is very good. So I hope that it doesn't impact our financial situation too much. Yeah. At least not in the not in the short term. Um, but in terms of longer term financial goals, we do want to move back to Australia at some point, a few years down the track, I guess. Um, yep. But yeah, so we'll have to then assess how we, because we don't want to go and rent really. We probably want to go when we can buy something there as well. Okay. So we've got good incomes. We've got a, a baby that's coming in August uh, with plans to move back to Australia with 20 grand in an Aussie bank account that you're wondering what to do with it. Fair statement? Fair statement. In your, and I know your partner's in the background, so you can keep this um, somewhat private or talking code, but is that kind of 20 grand in your relationship, quote unquote, your money or our money? I guess it's more like our money. Like we don't, we have a shared bank account, but we don't really use it. I guess because we just use like whoever's money. Like I guess yeah. if there's like personal purchases we use, like obviously our own money, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who pays for stuff. Yeah. Now, what do you think you should do with that money? I have no idea. I guess I should really? put put it somewhere that, <laughs> that earns me some money, but I guess like is that is the time frame too short to actually get anything out of it? I don't know. So, my initial thoughts are, if I was in your situation, number one, we know uh, within the next five years, you're going to have a big life event, which is moving countries. We know in August this year, you're going to have a big freaking life event and that's uh, popping out a child. Okay. So, we've got some big things happening. Uh, so, my what I would probably do is number one, we've got to view this as uh, money or cash in your life. The fact mm. that it's in Australia, it doesn't really matter because you can bring it over uh, and you could manage the uh, exchange rates or whatever uh, and we can get onto that. But we've just got to see this as if you've got an extra 20 grand or I don't know, 11,000 euros, whatever the currency conversion is in your life. Now, what do we do with extra money in our life? Do you have an emergency fund? 
I guess not in terms of like a specific emergency fund. I would say that yeah. the money that I have here is like enough for it. Sure. So you've got some cash reserves in your life. You don't run on the line. Yeah. So number one, uh, you don't have any other debt, do you, other than the mortgage? No. no. No debt, no credit cards, I think. Yeah, perfect. So basically what I would personally do is view this as money in your life, whether it's in Australian dollars or Euro dollars, it's money that's not invested. It's money that isn't currently paid down on the mortgage. It's basically cash. At the moment, you're cash heavy. And with a baby due in August, I personally, if, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be wanting to commit that cash to anything until the baby arrives, the baby's home safe and healthy and just to have that extra level of comfort in your life. I know that uh, the Finnish health system, it's probably very good and you'd be looked after if worst case scenario and all that stuff. Mm. But just as a comfort level, I would like to be a little bit cash heavy. So, if we fast forward until uh, August, September, October, baby's home safe, you know, we've bought the extra cot and all that stuff that we might need. We've still, we might still have like 20 grand, 17 grand laying around. So, the question is, what do we do with it? I'm kind of of the view that because you've got family in your life on the other side of the world, while you're living overseas, there's that comfort thing that you still need to be cash heavy because if there was an emergency and you had to fly back, you might need 6000 Australian dollars to fly the family back and the drop of a hat. Mm, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess at the moment, it's more expensive anyway to fly if there were some kind of emergency. Exactly. So, initially, I'm thinking... Uh, I guess what I want you to know loud and clear, the fact that it's in Australia, we've got to remove that from the discussion because it's easy to get it over into euros tomorrow. I think we're remaining kind of cash heavy uh, because you you probably need cash to move back to Australia. Mm. The only thing you might consider is what's your mortgage rate over there? Low. It's yeah. like, mm, I think it, like all well, the Europe, it goes by the Eurobor rate and yeah. then the bank adds a little bit. So, it's like 1% or 1 point something percent. It's it's yeah. really not a yeah, lot. So, it's bugger all. So, yeah. re- realistically, um, sure, baby's home, everything's healthy. We've got 15, 17, $18,000 in Australia. You might go, well, let's just bring it home and pay down the mortgage because would you sell that house when you move to Australia or keep it? Have you had those thoughts? Yeah, we thought about it and we may sell it if like when we go back to Australia, but I guess it really depends on the price increase or the value increase of this place at the time because at least we think even already we may already have made some kind of like profit in terms of the value increasing. Um, But yeah, we just have to see when the time, when the time comes. Because like if the mortgage rate was 6%, like, mm. for example, you might be like, all right, yeah, we'll throw it on the mortgage because at least we're getting a guaranteed 6% return. But the cash rates bugger all, the mortgage rates bugger all. I think that money at this stage in life, particularly for the baby and particularly maybe if you are moving back to Australia within three to four or five years, you probably just want to forget about it and have that safety buffer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess the thing is for me is that I actually haven't touched it, that money. Mm. So, you're not missing or- it. No, I'm not missing it. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, every month, like, or do I need to, to take money out of my Aussie bank account? 
I guess when I first moved here because I was earning money into that bank account because I was still working for an Aussie company, mm. you know, I was keeping track of it more and I was using it more. But as soon as I get it started getting paid in euros, it was basically just like, oh, I check my ANZ app once in a while to make sure I haven't been scammed or something. Yeah. Yeah. Are you from a wealthy family? I wouldn't say overly wealthy, but I would say yes, like in relative terms. Yeah, if your parents, mum or dad or, you know, I don't know that situation, it doesn't really matter, but could they come up with six grand overnight if they needed it for something? Yeah. Yeah, because that was what I was thinking. Yeah, my dad is quite wealthy and I would say that my mum is to a lesser extent, mostly from the divorce, but yeah, so I think either of them could come up with with that or or more overnight, so. Yeah, and I guess the only reason I I asked that is because I did a podcast episode with friends of with a friend of mine who they moved to the states, and my friend Simon died, and when he died, Mel's family flew up to the states pretty much overnight. Mm. Um, so it's also in the back of my mind if there was an emergency at your end and you had to fly your friend up or your family or whatever, that money could be useful as well for that side of an emergency. So. I I don't know if you would do anything and particularly I mean you could move it over into euros but it's a it's a net net effect because the interest rates are low wherever. Mm. Uh, so I'm probably if I was in your shoes just be keeping it in Australian dollars. And then when you move back, well you've got a $20,000 runway um, to help with maybe moving costs, to help maybe with a home deposit wherever you want to live. The only other thing you might do if you wanted to, which I, I just don't think it's an option, is if you wanted it set up for the long, long term, you could contribute it to superannuation. But because you've got these variables that are happening in your life within the next four years, I'm more comfortable if it's handy uh, or at call, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a good way to look at it. I mean, I, I think maybe I'm overly optimistic in most cases with like, with money. So for me, I like, I hope that in, you know, X amount of years that we, when we move back to Australia, that I will have saved the money in euros to move Mm. back and to, to, to put towards the new place or whatever. So that's my, my thought is that I I would hope that I have done that by that stage and the money will still be, still be there as extra. And to be honest, regardless of this discussion, if you weren't having a baby, if you weren't moving to, if you weren't moving back to Australia, I would honestly be thinking, well, I would always be keeping at least five grand in AUD anyway, because if you did have to come back down, at least you've got some local currency that doesn't need to be changed if there is a a bad uh, conversion rate at the time. Yeah, good point. Good point. So... That's that's what I'd probably do. But, I mean, you can't break it. You're not in debt. You've got a good income. Like, you can't wreck anything. Uh, yeah. But certainly, given you are pregnant, I'm certainly not doing anything uh, because you want to be cash heavy, I believe, just uh, in case. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point now that now that that's happening. I guess when I when I first contacted you, that was not in the picture. So, but yeah. then even then, if it, even if that wasn't happening, now I understand it's probably, it's not the worst thing to just have it chilling there yeah, totally i mean i guess i could move it to a like an account that has a better rate like maybe but it's not even worth it like, yeah it's you'd be splitting hairs and i mean sure if you want to take five grand over and buy some baby crap knock yourself out but i think most of that money you're not really doing anything with it's just kind of in waiting yeah 
yeah, basically. Well, that was cool. Good discussion. Yeah, it's a good problem good to have. Thank you. It's better than ha- talking to people that are, you know, into their eyeballs in debt and wondering what to do with their money. <laughs> Definitely. I think it, it feels strange because, like, I have never been, like, as I said, a, a crazy saver or, like, I've, I've spent my money pretty liberally, especially moving countries twice in three years. Mm. Um, but somehow it turned out okay, I guess, because I, like... I haven't ever had a credit card yeah. or like sort of had any kind of personal debt I mean, apart from my hex debt, but I just ignore that. Yeah. It feels, it feels like it's sort of just luck has, yeah. Yeah. But it's a good example. Like you're an active person as in you're always, you've got a, like, I want to learn to speak Mandarin better. What's a better way to do that than being immersed in it? So as long as you keep moving with you're a mover in your life, you're not this stagnant thing and woe is me. I think mm. we always, you know, fall into good luck and stuff like that when we're just active and moving and happening to life and not letting life happen to us. Yeah. Part-time, part-time money podcaster, part-time motivational speaker. Basically. And like yeah. everything, my comments are worth what you paid for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll let you get on with the day. Now, talk to us about Finland. What time's the sun come up? What time's the sun come down in January? Well, if you can probably tell by the amount of natural light that's in our apartment, there's no sun yet. <laughs> um, I mean, January is, is much better than November. November, I think the sun comes up at like maybe 9.45 or 10 o'clock and then it goes back down at like 3.30. And that's in, that's in Helsinki, which is like the southernmost part of Finland. So the further north you go the the worse it gets. Okay, so like if I go down, you know, most people listening have been to the capital city like Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, 8.30 a.m. in the morning, it's peak hour, people out getting their coffee. Is Helsinki like that or do people come out at 10 a.m.? No, no, people go out at normal times. Like people will still be walking the dog at 7 and going to work at 8. And I mean, it, it changes for me. I mean, I'm less likely to go anywhere before the sun comes up. But I think for people here, it's like, it's so normal. You can't just change your entire schedule for eight months of the year. Just, mm. and in, I mean, in summertime, it's the complete opposite, right? Like it's yeah. light until 11 o'clock at night and it's it's light again at, at six. So they, I guess then they sort of seize the day more in, in terms of like being outdoors all the time. Mm. But yeah, it's just... Finnish people have this special kind of of hardiness in terms of weather and, and doing stuff. Yeah. What is English like over there on the ground? Pretty good, yeah. yeah. I think I've very rarely come across somebody who doesn't speak a good level of English anywhere. Because I'm asking for me because uh, mm. I was just thinking recently like my business, I can work anywhere in the world, right, with this podcasting stuff. It is my goal. And I did talk about on the podcast before COVID happened. I was like, it'd be cool to go over to Europe for three or four months and just live and work over there. And I'd really like to go to, you know, the Finland type areas and Northern Europe. Mm. Uh, so, but I'm too scared to go somewhere where they don't speak English. <laughs> well, you have pretty, you'd, you'd have pretty good luck in Finland or Sweden or Norway yeah. or Denmark. It doesn't really, it wouldn't really. really matter where you decided to go. I mean, I think... Even Sweden might be marginally better in terms of English than Finland, but I wouldn't say by a lot. Like it's mm. it's pretty good. 
I mean, a lot of Finnish people will say, oh, my, my English is terrible. I'm, I'm really sorry if I make any mistakes. And then they will make zero mistakes and, and have flawless grammar. And I'm yes. sitting here with my Australian accent feeling like a fraud. Yes, so. yes, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Erin, thank you so much for having a chat with us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It was it was good. I mean, I, I don't know if... I don't know if I was expecting any particular answer, but it was good to get get some some guidance. Clarity, yeah. Yeah, definitely clarity. Let's call it a clarity call, but don't tell John. And I won't charge you $330. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.